You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears might have to start their offseason programs virtually again. But they and the rest of the NFL really have their eyes set on in-person training camps, preseason, and a full regular season. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the show today, part two of our conversation with Trevor Sykema from Locked On NFL Draft. On yesterday's podcast, we went through the offensive line and cornerback prospects to get a sense of, okay, Who's better fitting in the first round as opposed to waiting in the second and third round? And where can the Bears get their best value in this draft class? But today, we're going to turn our attention to the wide receivers and look at some of the different options at the 20th overall pick. We'll also use Trevor's expertise on the Florida Gators prospects in particular. We'll talk about Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver, whether or not he's a fit at the 20th overall spot, and also go in-depth on the quarterback, Kyle Trask, and why Trevor doesn't think he and Chicago are a great match in this draft for what the Bears already have at quarterback. And we'll also get his thoughts on that next tier of quarterbacks in general, just to get another different perspective on the guys outside of those top five QBs. But I want to start with an update from the NFL's Players Association for what could be happening with off-season programs and off-season workouts when it comes to meeting virtually versus in-person as we start to get more toward what looks like the end or what feels like it could be maybe the end of the pandemic. And as of now, the NFL's Players Association is telling all players that they should not attend any in-person voluntary workouts are set to start here later this month. I believe it's late April, the last week or so, that the Chicago Bears can begin those voluntary workouts, those voluntary off-season programs. And we hear a lot how, you know, every year they're considered voluntary, but, you know, most team organizations, you're sort of, generally speaking, expected to come. Some contracts will actually have specific bonuses or payments in them based on the voluntary workouts to where they're still voluntary, but you voluntarily give up those payments if you don't show up for these workouts. And we've seen a couple of teams already come to come out and say that their players are not going to attend these workouts in person, in large part because of concerns over COVID-19 and the possibility of testing positive. The fact that players can test positive again, even if they tested positive last season, and that positivity rates are still high in many areas of the country, not just around the Chicago Bears or any individual team, and that the rollout of vaccines continues to be a work in progress, and some states have had more success and have gone faster than others, but it's not 
uniform across the NFL by any means. And so the Players Association very strongly wants to start out this offseason virtual. And as of now, the union wants everything before training camp to be virtual, which would include the mandatory mini camps a little bit later in the summer. And in response, we've seen the NFL come out and say essentially that all NFL team staff that want to work with players will be essentially required to be vaccinated without, I think the phrasing the NFL used was a bona fide medical or religious exemption, that it has to have a very legitimate proof of reasoning as to why any kind of coach or team staff member that works directly with players could not have the vaccine and still be allowed to work with players. So it's more or less a mandate on that side in some sense to try and appease the players and just for general overall safety. It's a good idea. Everyone that can get vaccinated should get vaccinated. It's it's the right thing to do to help get through the end of the pandemic to create that herd immunity and to keep everyone safe. So it's going to kind of be this waiting game of will the players be comfortable enough with that level of vaccination around them from all the staff and if enough of the players are able to get vaccinated, can that be enough to get them to do the mandatory things in person if that's what it comes down to? There's not a lot of negotiations on that side. The players union is the side that would have to mandate a potential vaccine that would be collectively bargained when it comes to the players. But the non-union employees, which would be all the staff, that's what the NFL can come down and mandate on its own right away because there's no collective bargaining over their working conditions, over their working agreements, however you want to describe it. I think it's a little bit too convenient to criticize the players union and say, oh, this is hurting the younger players and this is just the veterans looking out for themselves because... Yes, perhaps younger players would benefit more from those voluntary workouts with the team, but I don't know that anyone is going to sit here and say, ah, you know, if the players would have just been able to work out together in April, that would have been the difference between that young player making the roster or not making the roster or, you know, being a part of the offense or not being a part of the offense. It's, it's really hard for me to sit here and say that these voluntary workouts in the spring will drastically have that big of an influence on any individual younger player. It becomes a different conversation if players are missing, you know, the mandatory mini camps where they're actually getting together and working as a team and going through some practice-like things, and then training camp of the preseason, again, another layer in that. But for now, it seems like a very minor loss for players to not participate to those in person. They can still gain things out of doing it virtually as they did last season, and at the end of the day, I don't think they're missing out, and the players have every right to demand as safe of a work environment as possible. That's that's what they collective bargain for, and they're on the right side of science when it comes to the coronavirus and the vaccines. Hopefully everything all keeps trending back toward normal, and we can have somewhat of a regular offseason after the draft and into the fall. But we still have to get through that draft and see what players are going to be a part of the Chicago Bears offseason. So we'll start getting to know a few more of these Bears prospects with Trevor Sikama joining us next on Locked On Bears. Every offseason, we see just how important it is for the team to get the right parts. And the same is true for your vehicle. That's why I go to rockauto.com. 
They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got auto and body parts available from hundreds of manufacturers, anything you could possibly need for your vehicle, whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just trying to tune up your daily commuter, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The catalog is not only deep, but it's really easy to navigate. You just put in your car's make and model and quickly sort between all the parts available for your vehicle based on the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. So head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We're coming off a very conflicting night in Chicago sports with a difficult, hard-to-swallow loss by the Chicago Bulls that felt like something close to rock bottom, while the White Sox and Radon throws almost a perfect game, but still a really fun no-hitter for Chicago White Sox fans. The Lockdown Podcast Network has all your Chicago sports coverage you need. Lockdown Bulls, Helping you through this difficult time for the boys in red. Some excitement over at Locked On White Sox. Of course, Locked On Cubs following along their season as well. And the Blackhawks starting to heat up as things are getting more and more tight at the end of the season in the NHL. Go check out our other Locked On Chicago sports podcasts when you're done with Locked On Bears, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Trevor Sykema from Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Network. Yesterday, it was the offensive line and cornerback draft classes going in-depth on some first, second, and third round options. Today, I want to turn our attention to some wide receivers and some Florida Gators prospects. Trevor himself is a Florida alum. He does work on all of the prospects in the NFL Draft, but I figured... The Florida guys are the closest to his heart, and I think also the prospects he may have the most connection to, the most information about, and the most passion about breaking down on the podcast. So, of course, while we had him here, I had to turn our attention that way. But let's start with the wide receivers. At 20, I mean, obviously, Waddle Chase Smith, long, long gone, not even going to have a shot at it. So then it's Bateman, and you mentioned Terrence Marshall Jr., and that's not a name I had I have heard associated a lot with the 20th pick. I think we've seen... A, a, a wide variety of, of where his evaluation is, but is he is he in that conversation with you there? Is Kadarius Tony is is Rondell Moore even or even how how much beyond Rashad Bateman does that conversation go? I think certain NFL teams are kind of in on Terrace Marshall, and he, I think he could be a back end of the first round guy. Not so sure how much Chicago would be him at twenty. Twenty feels like close to the ceiling of like where Terrace Marshall would go. I don't think Kadarius Tony is going to get picked that high. For as much as as we like Kadarius Tony, as as fun as his tape is, he is still learning how to really play wide receiver. He is not nuanced in his route running at all. And so that's something that really has to continue to get better for him. It took a giant leap this year, which was a really great thing to see because he's a, you know, he he was labeled as more of an athlete than a wide receiver before this season. But I don't think that's a player that you draft at 20. Like, like I I don't think the NFL is that high on him there. Rondale Moore's 
kind of a wild card because I really don't understand. I, I really don't know what the hype is with Rondale Moore. You know, he had the great pro day, but it wasn't really able to do anything this past season when he was on the field, he didn't look healthy. And so you don't really know what to do with that. Diami Brown, where I like Diami Brown a lot. He is a vertical outside nine ball, kind of a wide receiver. And so if you're looking for that, great. Are you drafting that at 20? Probably not. So there's a weird gap that goes on between there with the three guys that you named Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and the next crop of guys that you might want to have, the Marshalls, the Tonys, the Moore, Elijah Moore as well. I, I just, the only bridge player I really see that's kind of a sweet spot for it is Bateman. But I suppose Terrace Marshall is the other guy I'd throw in that conversation, although I'm not even sure the NFL is that high on Terrace Marshall. Well, by now, the listeners might be able to tell that you're you're a, a Florida Gator at heart when you snuck in Stone Forsyth earlier. And now, I sort of asked about Kadarius Tony, so I, I led you into that one. But I wanted to take advantage of your your Florida expertise with a few of those guys. Uh, since you already mentioned Tony just a little bit, what do you see his role like right away in the NFL? How do you see him potentially translating? I mean, can he be more than a slot guy, or or how much how much projection is involved in that? <sighs> I think there's a decent amount of projection, you know, like it, it, it's just, I don't know if he's going to be able to give you the offensive year one output that a lot of people are just assuming that he will have because his route running was a lot better this year, but it's got to still be just that good and even better to really separate in the NFL because there are even corners in the sec. that are clearly not corners for the league. And I think Kadarius was cooking them consistently throughout the season. And, and that was a lot of fun to watch, but I think that he might really have a quiet start to his career. But if he goes to the right spot, if he goes to a creative offensive coordinator, then, you know, year two, year three, you could be talking about a really electric dynamic weapon that you can not only play in the slot, but out of the backfield and potentially on, on, uh, at the sideline as an outside receiver. He can also play special teams for you as a returner. So he could do a lot for you. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to do in year one because he is still a work in progress in that regard. What about Kyle Trask? I think he's one of the more interesting evaluations in this class. Do you think him having Tony and, of course, you know, Kyle Pitts, do you think that helps his evaluation because we've seen what he's been able to do with some with some actual supporting cast? Or do you think it hurts his evaluation because they were so talented at what they do? I think that's a great question. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know how much of either it is, but I, I suppose if I had to lean one way, I'd, I'd tell you that it hurts because when you watch Kyle Pitts and you try to evaluate him for just his traits outside of the weapons he was able to throw to, he is fine. But I, I don't know how much inspiring Trask is really doing as a prospect for you. He throws with touch better than I think any quarterback in this class. I mean, he's fantastic on timing routes, whether you know it's wheel stuff out of the background or double moves or just things that he has gone through a million times over the middle of the field with some really nice receivers. When it comes to timing and touch on passes, Kyle Trask is fantastic at it. But I just I just don't think that he has the NFL arm. I don't think that he displays that velocity to really put his foot in the ground and drive a ball through a very tight window, hit a football through a football-sized hole, you know, however you want to say it. I just did not see that from him. And I think Kyle Trask could be a backup in the NFL for a long time, potentially even a spot starter. But I think that even if he comes in and a quarterback gets hurt and you don't have anybody else and it's it's Kyle Trask, say like he plays the final six, seven games of a season for you because your quarterback had a season-ending injury. 
I don't think you're going into the next season thinking that Kyle Trask is going to be your guy. And even if that's the case, it's going to be very short lived. I think that his skill set is always the one of a quarterback that you're trying to upgrade. And that is never a top 50 pick for me in any way, shape or form. And in fact, that's not really even a top three round kind of a player that I'm trying to get on my team. I'm not just going to spend a top 100 pick on a guy that I don't really have the confidence in starting ever for my team. And so I really do think that for as smart as Kyle is and, and for as well as he can time his passes, I think that he could be a backup in the NFL for a long time. I just don't think he's a, t- a full-time starter in the NFL. Yeah, the Mason Rudolph comparisons start to shine through a little bit there, too. Maybe not the glowing evaluation maybe some Bears fans were hoping for from Kyle Trask, but fortunately, the team has some other quarterback options in the second and third rounds. And we'll get Trevor's take on the rest of this quarterback class and get some different perspectives on the quarterback prospects next on Locked On Bears. As we get closer to draft day, BetOnline.ag is adding even more NFL draft odds and some other NFL regular season bets and players potentially changing teams still before week one. Already offensive rookie of the year odds right now. Trevor Lawrence, the favorite, but tied in second is both Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones up there. Trey Lance a little bit farther down, even Kyle Trask towards the bottom at 25 to 1 odds. Also, Alex Smith's next team by the first game of 2021, and Teddy Bridgewater's next team if traded. Finally, some quarterback prop bets where the Bears aren't even any of the options. The odds makers at betonline.ag seem to think the Bears are content with Dalton and Foles as their veterans and maybe still leaving the door open for a potential rookie quarterback. Still time to get your prop bets in before draft day. Head on over to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account. Enter our promo code Locked On and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I think you're really going to enjoy what we're working on with the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 starting Monday, April 19th, running through the 26th. We're going to have analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving and Brian Baldinger, among others, and our local podcast network experts for each team will make the picks and the trades and get all the prospects aligned for all first-round picks and the later-round draft picks for the teams that don't have a first-round pick. It's a great mock draft special. You just got to go subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey wherever you get your podcasts. We're continuing our discussion with our NFL draft expert, Trevor Sikama, turning our attention a little bit more to the quarterbacks as we kind of write Kyle Trask off or take him out of the conversation here as maybe not the Bears' best option. I, I take it... If you're if you're a team like Chicago with with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, that's not necessarily the type of quarterback prospect you want to add to the room because that's sort of am I, am I correct in saying that's you sort of see him not that he has the Andy Dalton Nick Foles skill sets necessarily, but that mold of potential quarterback. Right. And I mean, when you look at those two guys, you've got to think about it like this. We're viewing Andy Dalton and Nick Foles on the bottom of their career spectrums, but like 
Dalton for a couple of years was really nice as a starter. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Like, so I don't even think Kyle Trask reaches that ceiling of those guys and think about how we're talking about them right now. So that's why it's so hard for me to justify using a top 100 pick on Kyle Trask, especially for the Chicago Bears, because I don't think he helps you. I, I, I think that he is he is simply someone on the, the depth chart that a coach might point to to say, oh, like we haven't even gotten to Trask yet. Like, like we haven't even seen what he's really all about. And I don't know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being too hard on Trask, but at the same time, I, I just don't believe in him as a long-term starter in the NFL. And so for a team like Chicago, I think that drafting Kyle Trask would be a pointless draft pick. I, I think that it would take you to the middle of the road and no further. And that's not really where the Bears want to be going. Maybe that's what we should expect at this point, though. That's the problem. <laughs> so you're supposed to want you're supposed to want something different, man. <laughs> but so I guess let me put it this way: then is there, uh, you know, out of the sort of next tier of quarterbacks after the top five in whatever order you want to have Lawrence Wilson Fields? Uh, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Once you get past those five, are, are there any of the next tier? Really, are there any other quarterbacks in this draft that you're intrigued enough about to say, ah, you know what, I take a swing on him, if whether it's the second round or the third round or whenever? Yeah, I think the ones that are probably the most intriguing are Kellen Mond from Texas A and M and and Davis Mills from Stanford. Kellen Mond just gives you some really unique physical tools. I mean, he he's a tall, lanky quarterback who's got a long release, but it can be a cannon of a release sometimes. I mean, he just shows you some really serious arm talent. He's a weapon with his legs as well, and so he can give you that mobility. He was a longtime starter at Texas A&M, and he got better as the years went on, but even still in this final year, I believe it was his fourth year as a starter this year, he still just did not display the consistent accuracy that you would want to see. And at that point, like he got better. And so you think that he still might be able to get a little bit better in the NFL. And I think that that's probably what the most encouraging part about his game is because he gives you a lot of physical assets that you like, but he's still not there yet. He is a player. Kellen Mond is a player where I think you draft him and he's clearly a backup for you, like for the next two years at the very least. So he's exciting, but I think that he's got a way to go. He just doesn't put the ball where it needs to be as often as he needs to. Davis Mills is, you know, we saw Peter Schrager of NFL Network put him in the back end of the first round of the Buccaneers at 32. I can tell you that's absolutely not going to happen, but you know, it did bring his name to the forefront in the conversation to say, hey, the NFL does like this guy, and as a mid-round pick, maybe he's a good flyer. You know, maybe you could take a chance on him. And so there are also some things to his game that, that you like. I don't think he's anything close to a first-round pick, but maybe a player that's uh, third round, fourth round, something like that. He's a guy who I guess you know, you might be able to draft and at least convince yourself that there's more here, that there could be a future, that there could be a starting role in place for those kind of players. Excellent analysis as always, sir. I really appreciate you making the time in the, the middle of the peak of draft season for us. Let everybody know a little bit more about uh, what you're working on, what you got in the pipeline over at the Draft Network and the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, we're just cranking out all kinds of content, trying to get ready for draft weekend, which is only a couple of weekends away, crazy enough to say it. Uh, we're we're going to be giving you our best predictions of what we think every team's doing. We got our final mock drafts that'll be coming out the week of the draft. Final big boards, final rankings as well. You guys can see all the prospect rankings that we have over at the draftnetwork.com. And then Lockdown NFL Draft, this is a fun time of year. We're running through our guest mock draft series where what we do every episode is we have at least two team experts come on in draft order. So starting at number one with the Jacksonville Jaguars going all the way through to 32 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
and we are having somebody who knows the team really, really well come on, tell us about the situation of the team, the outlook of the offense, the defense, the coaching staff, the front office, and ultimately make a selection for them in a mock draft format. So we're, we, we've been going over that. We'll be doing that for the next couple of weeks as well. And uh, we actually have the Chicago Bears coming up this weekend, this Sunday. And so uh, hopefully your audience can listen to that. I think that that's going to be good as well. Can you hint or tease at who might be involved in the selection of that pick for the Chicago Bears? Um, I don't know if you want to completely give it away, but if, if you can no, say like I can, an outlet I can or... Let pe- I, can, I can let people know. Uh, the hint is that he hosts a very prominent football podcast for The Athletic. I think that people can probably... I think people can probably figure that out if they're Bears fans. Then they probably know who's going to come on and try to make the pick for the Bears. I think I think I have a pretty good idea myself, but we'll we'll let people we'll let the imaginations wander here, and we'll look forward to another excellent breakdown from you guys on the podcast. Trevor, appreciate you making the time so much for us. Uh, I was going to say we'll have to do it again, but we'll run out of time before the draft. But we'll we'll find an excuse later on this offseason. We'll we'll make it happen. I was gonna say after uh, after the picks are made and we actually know who the Chicago Bears t- were were, uh, were taking in this one, that I would be more than happy to come on and talk about some fits with you later uh, later in the off season. Of course, we'll we'll give you some breathing time for at least a twenty four hours or so before we'll expect your two thousand twenty two mock draft. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's I can tell you this. It's not even going to be 24 hours. I'm always the crazy one that does the way too early mock drafts the second the mock draft or the second the real draft ends. So that's how much of a draft nut I am. So go figure. If you want to pencil in Spencer Rattler for the Chicago Bears, wherever their first round pick is, we'll take it. All right, I can do it. I can do that. (laughs) Thanks again to Trevor Sykema from Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Network for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're getting you ready for the NFL Draft, trying to go through all of the top prospects you need to know for the Bears, not only with that 20th overall pick, but a lot of the other quarterbacks. And we've touched on some of the different second and third round options. There's too many prospects to get them all, but I'm thinking... We're going to have you covered with all of the big names. You need to know all of the most prominent players that could be in the mix for the Bears pick. So I hope you're learning a little something along the way. I hope you're enjoying some of our fun back and forths with our friends from around, in and around the Locked On Podcast Network. And I hope, more than anything, the podcast helps you bear down.